Relief. Ah, that's relief. <clears throat> too busy watching the Sauce Mula music video. <laughs> you should have been listening to me burping. That's that's where the real music is. Sauce Mula, he's eating uh, chicken wings in the back of like a Lexus, uh, just being gangster and stuff. <laughs> so she I could do that without being gangster. She licked my ding-a-ling. You gotta have dope rhymes like that. <laughs> Your body, you go ping, ping, she licked my ding <laughs> no, this is impossible. No one can come up with the dopest rhymes as that. Yeah, it's all about vibes these days. It doesn't matter what you have to say anymore. Yeah, we never really did. <laughs> sure, it did. <laughs> it used to mm, be sort of. No, it used to be. You rap used to be very heavily storytelling based. Oh, I mean, like the they absolutely were. I just don't think that the fan. I don't think that part necessarily mattered to the fans as much. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe not the mainstream, but people that are like serious about hip hop usually are well used to. Yeah, I know. No, I'm not trying to knock the artists. They, a lot of them were really into storytelling. I just don't think that. I think that um, the fan base wasn't as into it as, as uh, a lot of people thought. It was more about the aesthetics that those guys were representing in their storytelling. It's just about good music. Yeah, well, that's always what it's kind of about mm. to a certain extent. Sometimes it's about you know like 98 degrees. <laughs> I mean, those some of those like mainstream. He's <laughs> got real boppers, huh? Kind of like you're gonna try to defend 98 degrees. They, I mean, they're like mathematically gone crazy in quarantine. They're like mathematically calculated to be earworms, but you know what I mean. They do have <laughs> like uh, catchy melodies and stuff. It doesn't mean they're artistically significant, but I mean, that's the whole point. Is they you hear them and you're like, God damn it, fucking song. <laughs> <clears throat> and now it's K-pop. That's what K-pop does. That's K. Well, K-pop's always done, but now it's it's going worldwide. global, international, like a pandemic. You got to make Wuhan, China, indentured servitude popular. <laughs> um, it's always been popular, Kyle. Haven't you heard of me Elon, Elon Musk's plan for uh, uh, Mars workers? Yeah. This is the jibber jabber talk show. I'm, I'm Sean. If you were listening yesterday to the bonus podcast, I said that that I love butt sex, and that's a lie. Yeah, it's not that great. I like vaginal no? sex a lot more. Oh, I thought you meant my mic wasn't that great. Oh, no, your <laughs> mic's fine. Oh, yeah, but okay. sex, nah, it's not that great. I'm not yeah. that into it. Someone's like, to me, said this to me, and I won't tell them who it was. I'll say who it was, even though you know them. Okay. Um, they're like, oh, it's more about power. And I'm like, oh. Oh, that's weird. bad. Oh, that's that's bad. <laughs> oh, that's not good. I don't know. This is VHS Cult. I'm Kyle the Barbarian. I'm Sean, the the ten thousand year old Batman. Well, yeah, well, hey, I got a really diminutive take on the movie we watched today. Ready? Uh-huh. It's ten thousand BC Batman and Kazar the Savage Land versus Prince Lotor and his mother Morgana. Well, yeah, the I guess we'll talk about it, but it's they, they don't have a lot of new ideas in this movie. <laughs> but <laughs> well, the ideas they do have are real cool. Uh, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like a I don't know. It's like Quentin Tarantino does a sword and sorcery anime. 
Man, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I don't even think it's one of Ralph Bakshi's uh, good movies. <laughs> so, yeah, this is VHS Cult. It's a podcast where we talk about movies, but first, we got to talk about Thanksgiving. No, you mean COVID-giving? Cancels. It's not canceled, apparently. At least 49 million Americans are still planning to travel, so. I don't know. I was, I, I, it'll be all right, I guess. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> finally, the lost generation is truly going to be lost, is, is what I'm getting at. People are living too long these days anyways. That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, most of them are in Congress, and they'll be safe. No, they have better health care than most of us. Yeah. So I've been listening to Brian and the Pogues, obviously, because it's wintertime. It's me versus winter. But for some reason, getting back into Sunny Day Real Estate, I haven't listened to those guys since I was like 19. And your thoughts? I, I need to get a cat. <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts are I need um something to love in my life. It's <laughs> a big, a big Maine Coon furry guy. Mm-hmm. I want to get a Maine Coon named Hemingway. Well, that's a good name for a Maine Coon. Yeah, especially especially if he's, if he's got one wonky eye. Yeah, or he's got very. You know, sometimes they have very like handsome, very masculine faces. Maine yeah, Coons they got one of those mustaches. Plus, you got to yeah. get a, my rule with animals is generally. And this is from my mother, and she's proven true. But boy, cat, girl, dog. Don't know if I. Yeah, boy, cats for sure. I don't know if it makes too much of a difference with the dog. But um, I don't know if I'd want a dog. I do, dogs kind of stress me out because they're like dirtier than cats. Yeah, and you gotta like, <laughs> take a lot more care of dogs than you do cats. I, I've ba- I bathed more uh, our dog more in, in one week than I've ever bathed a cat. Yeah, I and mean, cats like. They're self-cleaning. That, having a cat is like having a roommate, whereas having a dog is like having a child. That's true. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stick with cats. Cats are better. Uh, I watched the, my first Christmas film of the season. Do you want to know what it was and hear about it? Uh, a Christmas mystery on Lifetime. Nope, it was Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a Scottish zombie musical Christmas comedy. It's got everything in it. <laughs> <laughs> is it got Dracula? No, but it's got zombies. Oh, man, you know, if you got a nightmare a musical and you don't have a singing Dracula in it, you did something wrong. Nah, that's some Joss Whedon garbage. He didn't have a singing Dracula. It was the devil or something. Some sort of demon. You know, he's yeah. kind of always vague with his demons. It's Dionysus. Um, it's as corny as you'd expect, but it does have, uh, still has legitimate good gore effects. Lots of people die in it, like even main cast characters, which I was surprised since it's like a I thought it was going to be like a teen movie, you know, but there's actual stakes and stuff. Um, the acting and singing is all right. They're just doing like simple, like pop songs. It's none of them are that memorable, to be honest, but you know, it's not too bad. And then they do have like the obligatory, oblivious, sort of, uh, sort of direct Shaun of the Dead ripoff, you know, when he goes to the shop in the morning and he doesn't recognize that the outbreak's going on around him. Oh. They do that. Like, in this that was film. clever in Shaun of the Dead, but every other time I see it, I'm like, well, come on. It was, you know, come on. Well, they do it in this film, except for it's a musical number, makes her oblivious to what's going on around her, which I think is obviously it's a direct ripoff for Shaun of the Dead, but it's like, you got to do it. You know what I mean? It's like perfect for what type of movie it is. Like, there's no way you could avoid not doing it, I think. I've been watching Animaniacs with the kids this morning. I watched the first three episodes of the new season. Oh yeah, they got new Animaniacs. I just uh, don't care. 
Ah. Which is weird. I'm it's like, better oh, satire okay. than Center Night Live, I'll tell you that. Although I don't think the the bar, <laughs> the bar is exceedingly low. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think uh, they have like Good Feathers or like Buttons and, and Mindy or any of those side characters in it anymore. Well, Good Feathers was already a pretty strange reference point for kids in the mid '90s, to be honest. So, <laughs> but who cares? I, mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I, <Right>? don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about new Animaniacs either. I guess uh, you don't care about anything. I don't know. I'm a bitter, cynical old man. And your, I saw your pogues in your bright eyes. Maurice Lamarche posts about it. I was like, oh, I should watch it. And then immediately, I was like, I don't have any desire to. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely need a cat. <laughs> a cat will watch it with you. All right, Fire and Ice, 1983. In an age of myth and legend. The world trembles before the power of Necron, master of evil, ruler of ice. Against him stand Tigra, princess of Firekeep, and captive of the ice demons, Larn. Tigra! Last of a mighty warrior tribe, and her only hope of escape. And Dark Wolf mysterious avenger and sworn enemy of the ice tyrant their courage will be tested the challenge must be met the final battle between the armies of the cold and the keepers of the flame is about to begin fire and ice from the visual imagination of Ralph Bakshi and the dazzling artistry of Frank Frazetta, a fantasy adventure from 20th Century Fox. At the end of the Ice Age, an evil queen and her son are set on conquering the world using magic and warriors. The lone survivor of a crushed village fights back, as does the king of Firekeep. I guess. And Batman. And Batman. No, his name's Dark Wolf. Whatever, it's Batman. Dark Wolf. He should have been the hero of the movie, too. We don't need fucking Larn in it. Ugh. That's fucking Puke Skywalker again. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so uh, this is a Ralph Bakshi film. Uh, Ralph Bakshi, for those who don't know, classic, one of the, the paragons of animation in the United States. Um, not quite as famous as like Walt Disney or any of those guys because um the United States was incapable of recognizing anima- animation for adults for some reason. And then he yeah. has a I shaky because it's like a strange there's like a strange period where like there it could have I don't know like I don't know what happened. I'd have to go back and read the history of animation. Someone probably fucked up somewhere just like in comic books. I think it has to do with comic books is the Fleischer brothers doing the Superman cartoons kind of um solidified animation in the united states as being for children's properties and stuff yeah ralph Bakshi also dealt with a lot of problems with uh budget and time constraints and stuff like <clears throat> he wasn't afforded the leeway of having his own mega corporation like disney and shit so uh, they, should, never... they should have made a fire and ice ride in a fire and ice land then there you would go yeah i don't think he's like a um like corporate consumer piece of shit though i think is the difference <laughs> Uh, he did get his start on Deputy Dog back in the 60s. Oh, yeah. there's a pull. And then he started working for Paramount. He did the 60s Spider-Man cartoon. Well, he worked on it. He wasn't solely responsible for it. It would have <laughs> been better. You can't see me, but I'm pointing at you right now. <laughs> it would have been better if... um. Everyone in the Spider-Man cartoon sounded like this. 
Not J. Jonah Jameson. He's James Jonah Jameson. I'm Namor. I'm Doctor Doom. I'm Peter Parker. That's how superheroes sound. Well, they sound like cops because they are. <laughs> um, but his major success, first major success, he did Fritz the Cat, the movie. Uh, everybody loved that. He got a bunch of money. So then he got to make Wizards, Lord of the Rings, American Pop, this movie. Um, all those. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, we'll talk about having Lord of the Rings, but it has to do with him just getting no respect. No respect. <laughs> Basically, all this shit in the late 70s and 80s flopped, though, because, like I said, the United States is incapable of understanding um, more adult animation. So then he um, started working on Mighty Mouse, The New Adventures, that TV show from like, the late 80s. And you then he it. got to um, make Cool World, which um, everyone hated. <laughs> <laughs> even Brad Pitt. And even Ralph Bakshi. So he worked his way up from the Brooklyn streets, um, just like our um, our stalwart heroes or mm, friends from. <laughs> They're not my friends. <laughs> the guys from Once Upon a Time in New York. Uh, oh, he's actually... saying that Ralph Bacci uh, sexually assaulted his way and beat his way to the top. Uh, they, a lot of people do complain about the uh, hypersexuality of his work, so maybe, but I don't necessarily think hypersexuality in art has any bearing on your own sexuality or ethics because um, I completely enjoy uh, eroticism, hypersexual stuff. Um, I don't think I'm a creep. But who knows? Ask my girlfriends. <laughs> I got some bad news. Everyone else thinks you're a creep. We took a creep so. survey. He was actually born in Israel, though. In October 29th, 1938, the son of Mina and Eliza Bakshi and is of crime check Jewish descent rather than Ashkenazi. So there's a nice change of pace for you. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know that I care either way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just usually um, most like uh, prominent Jewish figures are like that. Yeah, that we're familiar with are Ashkenazi. So I was like, wow. I don't know. I always feel like maybe it's taboo to talk about ethnicity and race the way we do but it's like i believe i have the historical understanding of these things that's always dangerous though yeah everybody on the wrong side always says that too yeah i I guess i'm not using it to prove a point though i'm just talking about it you know that's the maybe that's the important distinction yeah uh he was raised in brownsville um after his family came to new york to escape world war ii of course god damn world war ii Everyone was really mad at Jewish people. For no reason, and it came out of nowhere and then went away very quickly. Yeah, that was the one time in history. Ever since then, Jewish people perfectly fine. And before that, perfectly fine, too. <laughs> um, yeah, the success of Fritz the Cat allowed him to produce a feature films of his own with his own characters and ideas. And then he did have... Uh, so, his fantasy film Wizards was pretty successful and uh so was the first part of lord of the rings that he got to do uh they were both financial successes but um completely misunderstood by critics and the 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 studio united artists that produced lord of the lord of the rings because it refused to fund the second part or the third part or anything else by Bakshi. (laughs) (laughs) during the 80s uh, animation was in decline in general that's even like the dark period for Disney, right? It was the eighties. Don't remind them. Yeah. Um, so he, he did American pop, which was, uh, done with the same sort of rotoscoping realistic animation as Lord of the Rings. Um, but it was a financial flop 
and critics said they did not see the point of the film being animated. But which is what, kind of what, reasonable. I don't see the point of a film being live action sometimes. Well, I kind of understand the American pop one because it's like um, there's nothing really fantastical about it. It's just about music history and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. with regular ass people. And it's like rotoscoped animation. So it's like, well, probably could have just filmed that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same as Lord of the Rings. <clears throat> um, yep. And his last film of the decade, the 80s, was Fire and Ice, a collaboration with a famed artist, Frank Frazetta which was also um, a significant flop. I don't know, can't see why this wouldn't be a success. It's got everything you need. <laughs> it's got dinosaurs. It's like not even dragons and shit. It's dinosaur land. Uh, he went on to produce several television features with mixed results. Um, that is around the Mighty Mouse time. Then he returned to film with what would eventually become Cool World. <laughs> How cool it was. Uh, the script was rewritten several times during production without Bakshi's knowledge until it came to the point where Bakshi did not recognize his own work. The film was critically scorned and a box office flop. Th- to this day, fans feel that the film is not uh, actually a true Bakshi film, which makes sense because basically the studio made it. And he's the inspiration for the voice of the comic book guy in The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> what? what an honor. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like the deep references that Simpsons has to other things, to other like um, mediums and stuff. Simpsons is layered and and, and strange and kind of pointless. Yeah, but that's especially the last you know twenty seasons. Oh yeah, I'm, but when it was good, it was good. It like changed an entire couple generations their style of humor and stuff. Anyways, I don't know if it necessarily translated to any of the millennials being talented, but. No, because the millennials that went on to write The Simpsons aren't doing such a great job right now. No. And most content that's being written and created today is not very good either. It's all because we're not writing and creating content. Pretty that's much. That's the real problem. Well, I consider myself like a true sort of... Um, I can't really think of what this fucking word is. <laughs> you got boomer brain. Uh, acolyte's a good, a good word for it. Um, that's not what I was thinking of, but... Um, yeah, I can... <laughs> Consider, would consider myself a true acolyte of The Simpsons, whereas uh, I have a deeper understanding of what it's all about than most people. Looking at the uh, uh, synonyms for follower, I consider myself a squire of The Simpsons. <laughs> that sucks. That's the <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me sound real cool. Shine boots and scour armor and feed the horses. Probably get sexually molested by your knight. Oh yeah. You're making it weird. Do you know that's what was going on? Not all the time. Most of the time. Just like Batman and Robin. <laughs> the Boy Scouts. Was like, I was going to make a Boy Scout reference. Um, um, Here's a quote from Ralph Bakshi where he says, Sweetheart, I'm the biggest ripped off cartoonist in the history of the world. And that's all I'm going to say. Bada bing, bada boom. He's, chow. he's from Brooklyn. So yeah, he probably <laughs> was. Uh, bada bing, a bada boom. In addition to Bakshi, though, there was another dude who directed certain action segments of Fire and Ice. His name is Tom Tataranowitz. Tataranowitz. Man, woof. Oh, jeez. Tataranowitz. Tataranowitz, I guess. That's the one that seems to have the most music to it. I would assume that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. After Fire and Ice, the success of Fire and Ice, he got to go on to 
direct episodes of the Ghostbusters cartoon, She-Ra, Brave Star, Garfield and Friends, uh, Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk, Biker Mice from Mars. Oh, a lot of real garbage ones in there. He's the executive producer of like all those shitty Marvel '90s cartoons that weren't Spider-Man or the X-Men. They weren't bad, you know what I mean? Like the Incredible Hulk racism was pretty good. Animation was good in the Incredible Hulk one, yeah. But you know what wasn't? Biker Mice from Mars. They, they had um, it was Biker Mice from Mars. You got everything. You the title says it all. I you mean, know. it wasn't as bad as like Street <laughs> Sharks, but oof. Jossum. Oh, Jossum. Jossum. They're all just. Hey, hey how do you make Ninja Turtles less awesome? Awesome. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is based on characters co-created by Ralph Bakshi and uh, Franco Frazetta. Uh, it was made using the process of rotoscoping. Based it's based on characters created by uh, 8 million other people. So it used the process of rotoscoping, which is when the scenes were shot in live action and then traced on animation cells, what some people might call lazy. But I actually think rotoscoping... You're, you're throwing a lot of shade at Disney right now. I think rotoscoping looks pretty cool, to be honest. Uh, screenplay is written by Jerry Conway and Roy Thomas, both of whom have written Conan stories for Marvel Comics. They're also both had at one point been the editor in chief of Marvel after Stan Lee, apparently. So, Stan Lee. That's, this is the kind of, uh, creative output you're getting from Marvel in the 70s and 80s. Who was it? Who wrote it again? Jerry Conway and Roy Thomas. Oh, yeah. They're not luminaries in the comic field, in my opinion. Well, there's not too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, backgrounds were painted by James Gurney, the author and artist of the popular independent Dinotopia illustrated novels. And, and these are beautiful backgrounds, too. Fucking Thomas Kincaid. <laughs> really? Yep. The Good for him. Very commercial, flowery sun landscape art that's in every grandma's bathroom in the United States, I guess. <laughs> what I really want to draw is like... Uh... A Martian landscape with, with with Saturn crashing in and like a uh, beautiful Martian princess breast spilling out. Pretty right, sure. You know, it doesn't sell money. <laughs> sure, James Gurney did most of the work, to be honest. No, no, you can't take away from Kincaid. He's, he harbors a, a secret dark center. He didn't ever go on to produce anything else that was uh, similar it's, quality. Because it's so dark, he has to make money. And Peter Chung, the creator of Aeon Flux, was also working on this film as a layout artist. So that's pretty, pretty fucking tight. Booty tight, I can't you think might of say. Aeon Flux without the opening sequence when she closes her eye over a fly. Yeah, that's tight. Aeon Flux is cool. Cool. Who's, who's Frank Frazetta? We mentioned him earlier. He's an American fantasy and science fiction artist, artist noted for comic books, paperback book covers, paintings, posters, LP record album covers, and other media. He's often referred to as the godfather of fantasy art and one of the most renowned illustrators of the 20th century. If you've ever seen a van with an airbrush on the side, it's inspired by him or maybe just directly copied from him. No, that's like probably a few levels of diffusion from Frazetta, to be honest. Uh, He was inducted in the comic book industry, Will Eisner Comic Book Hall of Fame, Jack Kirby Hall of Fame, Society of Illustrators Hall of Fame, Science Fiction Hall of Fame, and was awarded a Life Achievement Award from the World Fantasy Convention. Um, those racists yeah (laughs) um so yeah the stuff you'd see like airbrushed on a van is like three levels of derivation from Frazetta meaning like he is the person that really created the style fantasy art that would lead to like Conan how Conan comics looked how Dungeons and Dragons manuals looked how Magic the Gathering cards looked 
And then you take another step from that, from like people making their own independent comics, trying to copy that. And then another step down from that, just weirdo airbrush artists. You know what <laughs> I mean? So it's a bit of cultural diffusion. Uh, Frank Frazetta, I think he is a pretty good artist. <clears throat> Unfortunately, um, pop art that was made for the people, which is what Frank Frazetta did, has been in consumed and incorporated into the corporate machinery of the art world in general now. And so. Uh, his artwork is our fucking million dollar bullshits too, owned by like George Lucas and shit like that. So that sucks. Same thing happened with Mobius. Uh, and I guess that's what'll happen to all good artists. I think like even like Todd McFarlane shit now is like million dollar. Yeah. Well, I mean sucks. like oh, yeah. Jack Kirby shit's really expensive. Yeah. Uh, here's a uh, quote it's from a fate that <clears throat> kind of uh, awaits all artists of any kind of note. Um, some of them after their deaths, so they get to die destitute, and then. Have all their artwork sold out. I feel like if, you, if your artwork's going to sell for millions, you may as well enjoy it while you're alive. Yeah, if, I don't think Franzetta really got to enjoy too much of that. Frazetta, I mean, same thing with Mobius. Because it was the people that were interested in his artwork. You had to wait for them to grow up and become rich adults to um, start paying for it, you know, and increasing the demand. Uh, here's a quote from Guillermo del Toro about Frazetta. It says, uh, he was nothing less than an Olympian artist that defied defined fantasy art for the 20th century he gave the world a new pantheon of heroes he somehow created a second narrative layer for every book he ever illustrated and then in my opinion the um lazy rotoscoping and bland flat animation style of fire and ice um negates any style for zeta would have been parted into the designs to begin with so a completely useless collaboration for Frazetta because <laughs> 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 he uses heavy shadows and like no he got to he got to keep his guild dues going so the healthcare kept rolling in <laughs> that's i guess um, at this point he would have been pr- a pretty celebrated um author or artist within his own community of like comic book art and stuff not super mainstream yet, but I think he probably would have been doing all right. He didn't necessarily need to make this movie, but he is friends with uh, Bakshi. And uh, what a betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, poster for the movie looks really good because it's Frazetta, you know, doing his normal art. And then the movie is just uh, doesn't look bad. It's just like not there's not any depth or texture to the characters or anything, it- you know. I mean, the characters themselves really do look like a late 70s Marvel Conan comic come to life. Mm-hmm. I do like um, the art in the film, like the, how the human figure is depicted and like the lines they choose to use to depict like the shape of human figures and stuff. But um, it's just like not as good as Frazetta's work. And uh, as you could guess, because of the um, success of Beastmaster and Conan the Barbarian, uh this is the whole reason he got to make this film because they were like you know what you could probably make a uh fantasy we can make movie. a quick book out of this yeah hey why aren't there any ferrets in it because they're not they're not hacks all right <laughs> they're not ripoff artists they just took the standard tropes and ideas and used them uh so he got 1.2 million dollars to finance fire and ice uh from the same investors as american pop even though that was a terrible flop and 20th Century Fox agreed to distribute the film based on the financial longevity of his previous film, Wizards. 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 What an original title. <clears throat> In fucking Magic. Na- 1981, fucking blew people's socks off. <laughs> <laughs> 
<clears throat> due to Fire and Ice being the most action-oriented story Bakshi had created up to that point, they decided to rotoscope the whole thing, which was um possibly a mistake. Maybe not the rotoscoping itself. I guess they just didn't have the budget for the detail that you would, I would like to see. I guess. How did they rotoscope the uh, dragon hawks? Um, those were actually designed by uh, um, 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 Peter Chung, the creator of Alien Flux. I don't think they're rotoscoped. I think he just he just animated them. <laughs> oh, dis- disappointing. Yeah, I was kind of secretly hope they genetically engineered dragon hawks, rotoscoped them, and then killed them. No, they just used imagination like a true artiste. <laughs> Stupid. That's why this movie flops. <clears throat> it's unbelievable. Oh, uh, Bakshi and Frazetta were heavily involved in the production of the live action sequence. They actually did all the casting sessions and did the filming for the um, final shoots. Did they make these in... poor people wear co- these costumes? Yeah, there's some. You can, they can see some behind the scene pictures of the two main characters in costumes, but there's not. Um, too much of widely available of the behind the scenes stuff but it looked fun honestly they're just in like a huge like studio running around and shit you're putting on this piece of floss and act that's i fucking um love that style of fantasy like the low like fantasy where i like fucking everyone's barely wearing anything and it's just like uh very sexual and violent like that's the kind of fantasy i'm into that's why i think the witcher's cool even though they didn't lean into it enough maybe season two Get that shit as pulpy and can't be as possible, goddammit. No, even the books are, like, really light pulp. Oh, that's too bad. So, Fire and Ice was a financial flop. And also, critics didn't like it. So let's hear from them now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Janet Maslin of the New York Times wrote, If you love comic books but can't bear the unnecessary bother of turning pages, Fire and Ice may be for you. Ouch. (laughs) <laughs> it would help if you were also a sex-obsessed 12-year-old boy, but it isn't essential. And uh, I was like, that's me, LOL. <laughs> that's me, that's me. I don't know if I've advanced much past 12 years old, I don't, but I you know, I also don't know if I'd consider myself sex-obsessed. Why not? It's the coolest thing to be in Born Again. Oh, you mean, like, a Christian? What? No, having sex is the coolest thing to be in Born Again. Well, you said I assume like Christian born again, like a born. Oh no, Christian. I mean like the probably the. Uh, the I don't the, remember um, being born, so I don't know if it was cool or not. I, from ex- my experience, seeing kids born, it didn't seem that cool. A lot of shit goes birth. wrong, and there's lots of there's people everywhere. There's lights and there's grabbing and there's pain. I think you're wrong about this being born thing. I don't know. The, you, I've like, seen three children be born. There's like you, you the the Stark come back to reality after sex. That's kind of like being born. <laughs> that's like yeah suddenly all the lights are there and there's people watching you and you're like oh what happened whoa where, where do you have sex <laughs> wherever i want to <laughs> i'm a sex obsessed 12 year old boy <sighs> why are you staring at me it's perfectly normal <laughs> sir this uh, is an applebee's i just look at people and growl <laughs> <laughs> uh, gene siskel gave the film two stars out of four and called it attractive to look at but its slow-moving, predictable story makes viewing it much like reading a comic book with pages made of lead, which that's a pretty good line. Yeah, Good job, Bono Siskel. Uh, he also added the constant rhythm of Tigra being captured and rescued and captured and rescued it is, after a while, more than a bit tiring. Um, once again, I have to agree with Siskel. This is my biggest problem with the movie. Because <laughs> that's all they it had, is. They had one story, Kyle. I'm going to tell it over and over again. All it is is Tigra getting captured again and again and again. And Lawrence sucks. Dark Wolf's way cooler. 
Batman. Also, they don't ever have sex. What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> That's at the end. They're going to remake the world. Well, that the scene there at the end where they kiss and like the music swells and then the, the um, castles in the background. I know if I was in the same situation with my barbarian babe, that after we just saved the world and the world's going to change and we're feeling real good, we're going to bang right there. <laughs> Even with that subhuman guy watching? Hell yeah, I'll make him watch. Because he, he, he's crawling out of the swamp in like abject pain. And he's, um, Lauren's going to put him out of his misery. And Tigra's like, no, it's a new world now. We need to change. And then they just leave him to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, this is how you get Tetsuo the Iron Man. Yeah, I'd be like, you look at this. This is all the fruits of life oh, that no, you're like, not going to see. It's like, all that, over That's you. how you get Tetsuo the Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at this. You know what's is 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 uh gross as that movie's supposed to be? This the most disgusting part of it to me still. Every time I watch it or think about it, is still that goddamn scene where they eating eggs and Vienna sausage out of that disgusting ass frying pan. What Tetsuo? Yes. Yeah, it's I'm, <laughs> I don't I don't find that particularly gross. Well, no, it does kind of gross me out just because like the texture of the grease and stuff. I don't know. Body horror stuff is uh, the only thing, the only type of horror that uh, causes a physical reaction for me. And the Tetsuo, after like the first like metal barbs start to come out of him, beyond that point when he just turns into a metal monster, it doesn't bother me anymore. But the idea of like having small bits of metal like embedded in my skin bothers me. I'd rather do that than those fucking eggs. Fucking, it's just eggs and sausage, man. (laughs) Greasy ones. Uh, a Rotten Tomato score, sixty percent with critics, fifty three percent with the audience. Um, weird. You think like the audience would be like, hell yeah, man, fucking, this is that horny barbarian shit that I like. Well, I don't think this is one of those movies that has since caught on with later audiences. But we can try to get it too if you want. Yeah, well, let's let's go for it. Um, this it'll probably be once again um a lesson to me about how my tastes don't align with uh, anyone. They're like, no, this is stupid. Why why would I care about goddamn nipple barbarians and stuff? Because <laughs> it's fucking hot, man. <laughs> Did you see that guy's Batman with an axe. They fucking murder people and like everyone's barely dressed. Their dick could fall out any minute. It rules. But it doesn't. You know what I mean? You're constantly waiting for that, that, that tissue she's wearing to drip away. But no, it's still there. It's still there. But the nipples, they're always poking through. They make sometimes, sure. Yeah, sometimes they're poking through, sometimes they're not. It well, depends the, on how cold it is. They make sure to animate that shit. <laughs> That's real shit, man. You gotta pay a couple of careful attention to the, the nipples and rotoscope. One of the um Necrons uh like um subhumanoid uh ice troll orc people gets drunk, right? And then he goes to take a piss, and when he comes back, you can see he's tucking himself back into his song. And I was like, ah, oh, so that's how you did it. You just kind of pull it to the sides. Wait, how do you do it now? I mean, you pull it down. You just pull down your pants a little bit. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I always um wear underwear that um don't have like the Y front opening. They're just like nothing there, so I always just have to pull them down a little bit. I have uh, I wear underwear with the opening, and uh, it's still more convenient just to pull them down. Like a hundred percent, I don't do it. unless I'm wearing a belt and like a formal pants and tie mm-hmm. and tucked in on the whole nine yards. It's way easier just to pull that shit down a little bit. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's, why I don't, dick out. that's why you have a dick. That's why I don't bother with the Y fronts because I don't like the way they look or the, um, the way they feel because sometimes you fall out of them. So no thanks. No Y fronts for me. I'll just pull it down. But if I lived in this fucking wonderful world, 
I wouldn't even wear like the under thong part. I just have the flappy part so that I can just be peeing everywhere. <laughs> Fuck that. I don't even wear that. I would just wear a uh, cave Batman's hat all the time and just let my, my dick wild run free. Yeah, but his like belt harness. His cut, it looks badass. Cool. Yeah. Maybe just wear that belt thing. Yeah, that's fine. You still have your dick hanging free. Exactly. Ready for action. You fight like a true, a true Gallic man then. <laughs> Good luck, sir. He's nude. Uh, 2010, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino's friends, um, announced that he would direct a live-action remake of the film. Oh, God, why? Bakshi stated that he did not want any involvement with the film, but he agreed to license the rights to Rodriguez. Uh, the deal closed shortly after Frazetta's death. On December 18, 2014, Sony Pictures Entertainment acquired the film rights to the live-action remake version. Uh, and um, it's slated to be directed by Robert Rodriguez, but that was back in 2014, so I doubt it. Hooray, someone got paid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bakshi and Frazetta's estate. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez probably got some scratch, too. Maybe. But he just went on to make um, Alita Battle Angel, which actually isn't that bad of a movie. That's exactly what James Cameron would say. James Cameron tried to get that movie made for a billion years because he's like, this manga is great. I love sexy robot killers. I, fucking, I do too, James Cameron. I'm sorry I gave you a goofy voice. Nothing wrong with he, sexy robot killers. You didn't give James Cameron a goofy voice. He has a goofy voice. He does. I'm king of the world, guys. Is everybody ready for 14 Avatar movies? Um, why did you think it's like a Quentin Tarantino uh, movie? Just because it's oh, like, I just meant in like the way the style, the way they they've uh, kind of mashed together a bunch of different concepts from other sources. Not necessarily that. Oh, I see. Not necessarily that it's aping his style per se. That, that the uh, philosophy behind like the story and some of the artwork mm-hmm. and kind of the whole concept of the movie is a little Quentin Tarantino, where he's like, I've been inspired by all this. It's a little bit of uh, pulp. Fiction, if you will. Ooh. Yeah, that's why I thought it was interesting you said that because um, of the Robert Rodriguez connection of sorts, because they have similar tastes. Obviously, Quentin Tarantino is just slightly better filmmaker. Yep, not <clears throat> a good at uh, the music. Nope, Robert Rodriguez is way better playing guitar than Quentin Tarantino is. And we're and at wearing headbands. <laughs> Which is important. If Quentin Tarantino was better at wearing headbands, you know. It's an, he he would feel better about his hairline, and he probably wouldn't care about feet as much. No, that feet thing he's probably been with him since like adolescence, when uh, most people develop fetishes. <laughs> but I guess he could have had a fetish for headbands instead, like Robert Rodriguez, <laughs> his own headband. That's funny to think about with Robert Rodriguez, where like in the '90s he was like always fucking all in leather, playing guitar on set, like being a rock star, and it's like it's kind of corny, but it's like yeah. I get it. It's Robert Rodriguez. And then you imagine Quentin Tarantino do it and you just want to beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> he should try it on his next one. Show up all decked out in like leathers, cowboy hat, like a leather yeah. cowboy hat, too. Yeah. Like <laughs> Acoustic guitar, he does not know how to play. Well, Robert Rodriguez is playing electric on set. No, but Quentin Tarantino is playing acoustic. He's going even further. Oh. 12 string acoustic. Oh, like Colin Malloy of the Decemberist fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to live in this world. I don't. There's too too many orcs and subhumans and Prince Lotors around. Fucking, that's what I love about it. This is it. You run around. You're rocking a furry thong. You're just hanging and banging. 
meeting the sexy babes out in the wild, barely wearing anything, and then you get to kill other humanoids. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, and the fuck, there's nothing. There's so there's like the polite, stuffy British Lord of the Rings type fantasy, which is fine and stuff. I like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and all that. And, and even extending into like modern fantasy, it's interesting, I guess. I just don't like how like codified and structured all the societies and shit are. That's not a fantastical, enjoyable world to me. I don't want to live in Hobbiton where there's like a fucking mayor. They have democracy in Hobbiton. That's not a fantasy to me. Fantasy <laughs> to me, hanging out. They had like, a king in this. You know, the kings exist in real life. There's still kings hanging around today. Yeah, but you could kill them in this world. They could just run up and you kill that kill king. Them. You can kill them in this world too. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. This is why this one is the best because you just fucking be out there killing people, hanging and banging. You don't even have to get dressed. I, you clearly don't understand the structure of society. There's only a few people who get to do the killing and hanging and banging in, in these movies. A lot it's of people fun. get get just slaughtered by orcs and what appears to be semen instead of ice. Well, it's I guess you get to hang do all the killing and hanging and banging. Fucking me. <laughs> Great. We got a real prince low to our hands. No, I'm not gonna try to take over the world or anything. I'm gonna be a stalwart warrior like Dark Wolf, and the, the what gives me the ability to do that is I'm bigger and stronger than people. <laughs> we, uh, where does Dark Wolf come from, and why has he uh, been fucking off for so long? He came <laughs> from my fantasies. He's me. <laughs> He's an author insert. <laughs> it's Ralph Bacci. Ah, it's me. I, I'm gonna do the voice, huh? <laughs> I also don't ever say what his name is in the movie. I just know it's Dark Wolf because of um, supplementary material. <laughs> but he's badass. He's got a hat that he made from a wolf, maybe. Oh, I thought this was his head. He's got clothes that he got from a wolf, maybe, and he's got a killer axe. Fucking Larn, our hero. He doesn't ever. He's got a spear that he throws away. He keeps picking up little baby knives. <laughs> There's even a part where one of the, the, the ice... I mean, a baby knife will kill you just as easily as a big knife. One of the, like, the troglodyte guys has a, a has he has a booty knife. He, he, you see he's got his knife tucks between his butt cheeks. And then <laughs> Tigris steals it away to try to break her chain. And then she's just running around with a booty knife. She stabs that other guy with the booty knife. And like even if the stabbing didn't kill him, the infection from the booty... <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, because, man, you got to know their booties are dirty. Those man. guys? No, nah, they seem clean. They were swimming around a little bit before that. So I guess. Could and drinking and vomiting all over themselves. <laughs> yeah, it fucking ruled. Oh, that reminds me. Have you seen. um? There's like a YouTube video where it's um the Urukai from Lord of the Rings, but with regular voices. <laughs> no. <laughs> you gotta, you check it out when you get a chance. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Tonight we have man flesh. Yeah. Hey, why can't we have some meat? <laughs> <laughs> we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Speaking of which, the, these troglodytes tried to feed Tigra maggoty bread. Did you see that? I thought it was like maggoty leaves. It didn't seem like bread. I don't know. I just saw it and I was like, maggoty bread. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to know that. What do you think of uh, the skeleton witch? She was. She didn't start off as a skeleton, but she became a skeleton witch. That was I mean, if, I thought she had uh, a bigger plan than just like, "Hey, I'm going to send my stupid son to go get these other stupid idiots." And I thought she was maybe more powerful than, "Oh no, he's been stabbed in the back." Oh no, I'm stabbed who? If you're a woods witch, yeah. She how got, do you? <laughs> she got fucking killed. She wasn't that powerful. She just does spells. It's like she's out there. Sword I, it just seemed like a huge miscalculation. 
Well, I think you, what was shocking is her uh, giant son didn't just beat the shit out of the wimpier troglodyte guys, right? Unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that was it. Yeah, my, my giant son will take care of these guys. I like that uh, concept in this film. Um, obviously, it's not historically accurate. It's like, oh, after the last Ice Age, um, there's Magic. still dinosaurs around, blah, blah, blah. But I do like that there's different human races. I always thought that was pretty a pretty interesting concept to work with. So there's like the uh, troglodytic subhuman ice guys. They're not even subhuman. They're just another race, right? Uh, they always look like Neanderthals to me. Yeah, and then there's regular humans, uh, Cro-Magnons. Cro-Magnon. And then uh, we got um, the giant and super hairy human guy that lives with the witch, right? He's just another humanoid. That's cool. I think it'd be cool to make a fantasy series that had actual different human races. Um, I don't mean like how people think humans have different races today, which isn't real. There's there's not separate races in humanity. <laughs> I mean, uh, actually, at one point when maybe there was different races of humans that walked the earth. In fact, we know the Cro-Magnons and Neanderthals did uh, exist at the same time. Interbred. Uh, Northern Europeans have more Neanderthal DNA, correct? Yeah, I think it's a pretty small percentage no matter where you're from, though. Yeah, but... um. Sometimes, like, hoteps like to bring it up and say, hey, you whites, you goddamn Neanderthals. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's an interesting concept. Um, I'm going to roll around in my mind see if I can come up with a fantasy story that is even sexier and more violent than this film. I think I could do it easily because um, I'm sexier and more violent than Ralph Bakshi. Well, I mean, there we've already watched movies that were quote unquote more well, definitely maybe not sexier, but definitely more violent than this. Name one. That fucking Dark Sucker movie. Hell yeah, <laughs> Death Stalker. Sorry, <laughs> Death Sucker. Yeah, but the, the, even Death Sucker doesn't have very much blood in it. Yeah, it's just a limitation of budget, I imagine. Yeah, well, that's there's violence in this movie. There's tons of people getting stabbed and shit. You just don't see any blood ever. Yeah, but they don't have any sexual assaults or or tits anywhere, so it's it's not a sexy. There's like a, the looming fear of sexual assault anytime Tigri gets captured. To be honest, like I kept getting worried about it. I was like, oh, last week I said there wasn't any sexual assault in this movie. Maybe there is. I can't remember. <laughs> You've done it again, Batcher. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go over some funny stuff in it. Very beginning of the movie. Um, Lauren's tribe are there at their defenses and they're like, hold your positions prepared. <laughs> yeah, <go."> for what? <laughs> they're like, everyone prepared to start punching this wall of ice as a giant glacier just hurdles towards them. It's like, hold oh, men, hold, hold, whip them out now. Piss, piss men. <laughs> they're just all peeing on the wall, writing their names <laughs> and shit. <laughs> good, good, good work, Lauren. It's very legible. <laughs> yeah, so that obviously doesn't work and everything is destroyed. Then the uh, troglodytes come running out, and our hero, Larn, kills a couple of them. And then there's an extended sequence of him running away like a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there was like a woman left alive, too, wasn't there? For a second, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. is he going to rescue That's her? No, I thought that's where the rape was going to happen. I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, me wrong. too. I, I mean, there pro- obviously, there's, there's a rape that happens we don't see, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he didn't rescue her. He just runs away. Which, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of them. Blah, blah, blah. But he's supposed to be like our... At this point, you assume he's like our stalwart, powerful hero, right? Like a Conan figure. Conan wouldn't have ran away from that shit. Yeah, I mean, also at that point, you everybody you know is dead, right? 
Yeah. What are you? What are you running? What are you running for? He's standing survival. fire. Yeah, he's got those puke Skywalker um like survival instincts. Yeah, I know. I it's not even fair to Luke Skywalker because he was standing fire. No, it's puke Skywalker. I know. <laughs> even worse than you, Luke Skywalker. Actually, it's he's even worse than Puke Skywalker because Puke Skywalker still ends up being heroic, kind of. This guy is just Puke. Larn. King. I think you have to start calling him King Larn. What you think? He he's marries gonna, a goddamn princess. Tigra. He, he's gonna uh, be there. The princess him? dead. Yeah, Tora, and the dad's name is Jora. <laughs> Jared. <laughs> Whatever, you know. <laughs> oh no. What's his is his name Toro? It's Toro or something like that. Yeah, but he gets stabbed up. So I guess maybe it is Lar- finally a chance for Larn to prove his quality. <laughs> <laughs> Larn of the Wood Forks to prove his quality. Um then this is where we get to meet Tigra. This is gonna be the part of the podcast where I do sound like a sex obsessed twelve year old. I actually really like the way the animator bought it. <laughs> oh, that booty. She's got a badunk that just won't quit. Well, like, it's, like, clear they had a specific body type in mind for how they wanted her to look. And, like, they the, the lines they choose to um, accentuate it and, like, animate it. It's the same thing with uh, Lauren and Dark Wolf, too. I like the line work they do, to for, like, human bodies. And, and even, like, the troglodyte guys, I like how they make the, their forearms larger than their upper arms. So, like, fucking Frazetta, you did it. Some of his character design work got through. So that's all I'll say about Tigra. Obviously, um, twelve-year-old f- masturbation fantasy material. I get it, but the, the way they animate her, it looks pretty cool. That's why twelve-year-olds love her. Yeah, because it looks like it could be a real woman that you would see who is very um, powerful thighs. And then, in addition to that, I like that it's dinosaur world instead of like high fantasy medieval shit. Because I I don't care about that medieval shit. I know knights are just like robber barons and pieces of shit, and dragons aren't real and you know that whole period of like fantasy stuff i don't care about that dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> no they're called dragon hawks also these are pterodactyls which are technically not dinosaurs that's true they're um flying lizards there's a specific word pterosaurs is what they're called right yeah. um yeah and there's also a giant like um iguana that comes out of the lake and eats a bunch of the ice ice guys yeah ice he's frogs. not a dinosaur either yeah, he's like dinosaur enough. <laughs> they're both this dinosaur adjacent. Yeah, these are worlds. They're, with... they're being accurate. Like, dinosaurs don't exist after the Ice Age. But technically, but, pterodactyls don't either, but we're doing it. They're like, But there's still some giant lizards, all right? Yeah, still... They all die right now, so there's, there's only like 10 of them left and they die in this. There stack. wasn't enough oxygen in the environment for big ass reptiles, though. Isn't that the problem? Yeah, well, right. I think that's what it is, because that's why we started losing like giant insects, too. Mm hmm. Whatever, it's cool. It rules. I like when the dinosaur comes out of the water and he tears those guys up. Or is that uh, he, I can't remember which it is. It's something. But I like the dinosaur stuff. Um, I like when Lauren and Tigra first meet. Uh, I know it's just a it's just a ploy, a ruse that he's doing. But I like that he's just eat. Oh, I killed this fresh wolf. Time to eat it. Just take a nap wherever on the ground. Fuck it. There's no rules. <laughs> As you would. Yeah, that's another aspect of me like wanting to live in the world. Like. Can you imagine, like, you kill a wolf with your bare hands and you cook it up and you're like, oh, it's so refreshing. I'll just take a nap right here. Nothing can ever possibly harm me. I'm a fucking hero. <laughs> <laughs> Except you're not. You just ran away. Yeah. I'm, 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 obviously, in this film, I'm Dark Wolf. I don't want to be Lauren. I want to be Dark Wolf. 
I think he's the one who killed the wolf that he's eaten, anyways, right? Oh yeah, with the arrow. That's true. Yeah, he had to save him because Lars was <laughs> a piece of shit. Yeah, and it's all just a ruse to lure a tiger across the cluster, anyways. And then um, she uses her feminine wiles on him and leads him over to some berries. And uh, <laughs> the way it's uh, shot and animated, it's like he's looking at her like, "Oh, well, I'd be liking that." Long <laughs> <laughs> <Lauren> like you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, fucking horny shit. Um, I didn't like his giant octopus fight very much. I, I feel like uh, the hot water in the water. Better, yeah, I felt I felt like hot water fought a better octopus than Transformers movie. As soon as that happened, that's why I thought of this was uh, the hot rod versus robot octopus. Song. <laughs> Me too. Quintessa is that? That wasn't Quintessa, was it? I think maybe it was. The planet is called Quintessa. Yeah, and what's and then there's. It's Sharkicons and Piranicons, where the Piranicons are in the water, and then I don't remember what the squid actually the squid actually has a name or not. Yeah, but there's a cool uh, power metal song that plays during that scene, which makes it better. Whereas oh, this movie is inspired by um, like power metal album covers, but then it doesn't have any power metal. <laughs> not tonight. No, not tonight. Not tonight. That, actually, the movie would be improved a little bit by uh, some some power metal in. Uh, the action sequences i mean the this movie is the inspiration for all of 90s power metal basically all the aesthetics and shit and this this is what they're singing and making music about um it's all fucking he-man and this right <laughs> yeah okay. so it would you know, it's vague sword and sorcery bullshit yeah so like if they if robert rodriguez did remake this movie that would be one thing he'd have to include is like dragon force would have to do the soundtrack someone better than dragon force well, yeah, there's tons of bands better than Dragon Force, but if you're going to do a mainstream Warner Brothers produce Fire and Ice <sighs> fantasy movie and you're going to get a power metal band to do it, who do you think you're going to do it? Mainstream dweebs like Dragon Force or like some underground Swedish bands? Oh, I really would like to give Robert Rodriguez some credit. Yeah, but what's Warner Brothers going to say? Also, is Robert Rodriguez familiar with power metal? Probably not, but who cares? He's Robert Rodriguez. Oh, who knows? He's a, he's a man of the world. He plays electric guitar. Maybe he is. But he he plays like um Spanish style and stuff. That doesn't mean he doesn't isn't familiar with it. I'm familiar with Fenris, perhaps uh or Fenris from uh Norway can do all he, he only likes uh pirate metal. Fenris? No, Fenris is fucking black metal. No, no, I'm saying Rodriguez only likes pirate metal. Oh pirate metal fucking sucks. That's the corniest shit. <laughs> I know metal a lot of metal is corny anyways, but like pirate metal is fucking corny. Alestorm? Ugh, get that shit out of here. <laughs> So after uh, Lauren and Tigre cozy up a little bit, she's like, oh, it's getting cold. And uh, he goes, the cold comes from Necron. And she's like, I know. That's um, mansplaining, right? (laughs) (laughs) I know, bitch. Everyone knows it comes from Necron. I'm a fucking princess, you stupid goddamn bumpkin. (laughs) My dad's in direct conflict with them. They know each other. (laughs) Cold comes from Necron. Let's Jesus fuck, <laughs> Yes. Um I Food comes from the ground, Larn. Ooh, good job. <laughs> Did you know uh potatoes go on the ground? Mm. You really impressed me with your knowledge, Larn. Please bed me now. Yeah, so Deary is captured again. Yeah, <laughs> she does. Yeah. Um then the well, there's the tentacle monster, the watcher in the water fight. Uh, they get separated. Tigre gets captured again. Uses the booty knife to escape, right? 
but um she has to drag the, the corpse of the fat guy with her <laughs> and she falls down a ravine um lauren and dark wolf are trying to rescue her but she's not there because you know serendipity or whatever and that's when she meets the beautiful skeleton which you know she's dangerous because she's got red hair it's like if stevie nicks had red hair <laughs> how do you know stevie nicks is dangerous though well she's maybe she's not dangerous but she's a powerful witch oh there you go that's yeah. how you tell if someone's a powerful witch is their red hair uh yeah i think in some cultures red hair means you're dangerous right probably Pretty sure. You mean a ginger them. reference? Because I, I don't stand for it. Well, that's the modern, sick like, um, sick of it. <laughs> modern, like, uh, making fun <laughs> of people. Right I'm sick of it too because I'm not even a ginger. People use, oh, oh you do ginger. Yeah, my beard's kind of red and my hair's kind of red. I don't got freckles everywhere. I only have fucking blue eyes. <laughs> you can see my eyelashes and my eyebrows too, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look like old Pete. Yeah, for real. I'm not a ginger. I just happen to have red hair. And besides, my shoulder, my the span of my shoulders is two feet across. Fuck you up. I'll kill you. I'll hug you to death. I've been doing trespasses like crazy. I'm so good at hugging. I could kill him. <laughs> I'll hug you to death, just like Dark Horse. Hell yeah, BC he Batman. Do, Dark Horse does look like he'd be giving bear hugs of death. That's I mean, why he's the He coolest. basically uh, muscles his way out of Prince Lotor's uh, uh, mind control powers. Yeah, that's the best. It's like so totally like, why isn't this guy the fucking hero? Because he's like, why, why won't you die? And he's like, I don't give a fuck, man. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that's determination. That's me. That's I'm Dark Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is Dark Wolf in their own head. Mm-hmm. Everyone's I'm, the dark wolf in their own story. That's uh, yeah. You you always think you're the main character, huh? Yeah, I do because it's the best way to live. I'm dark horse, dark wolf. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I start calling him dark horse then. Yeah, but you know what? Because he, he's ten thousand year old Batman. <laughs> yeah, he rides a horse instead of a Batmobile. You got a horse mobile. He's even kind of uh, a psychic that's not quite as capable, but might actually be a cooler person to hang around with. Yeah, like a more normal person, uh, despite his entire family being killed. But, you know, um, he, he's just not as good as killing his Dark Wolf, though. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. You can date Batgirl. <laughs> uh, there's a cool part where um, when Necron's talking to Tigra's brother, like, Toro or whatever his name is, and uh, he's like, uh, yeah, I guess, like, your sister it, it would be fine for a wife, even though she's subhuman. And he's straight up like, fuck you. How dare you? My sister's a goddamn dime piece, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and that, that's why he gets killed. <laughs> How dare you say that shit about my sister? Yeah, I'm sure you'd appreciate it. <laughs> well, it's also like, come on, Necron, get it together. You're a skinny little, like, washed out, like, piece of he's shit. Goddamn, he's about to be goddamn emperor of the world. And he's got apparently semen ice powers. and uh apparently telekinesis mind bullets kyle yeah but he's about to be king of the frozen lifeless world so how many options does he have for a wife especially one who has thighs that look like they crush watermelons oh he'll find one maybe he's more into like the uh the orc people i kind of just think i think he might be ace he's asexual because most of the time he just sits on the throne feeling real shitty right because his powers um make him give him like headaches or something. Because anytime they see him, like you see him candidly, he's sitting in his chair like, oh, God, I feel like shit. 
That's what happens when you sit in the chair too long. I've read those studies. Mm-hmm. He's got terrible hemorrhoids. Yeah, hemorrhoids and lower back problems, you know, severe hip torsion. Oh, also, it's bad for your blood pressure and your heart or something too, right? Die. I'm going to die, young man. Not me. I'm, I'll just lay on the floor all the time. Like Brian Wilson? Yeah. That seems fine, right? Here's what I'll, here's what here's what I do. I um get up, uh, do like an hour hour and a half of mixed cardio, uh, eat some eggs, hit the weights, and then I've been taking uh growth naps. Like I was taking a growth nap before, um, we did this podcast. Bad news for you. What a growth nap is is uh, obviously you need sleep to help your muscles grow, right? So this guy on the internet, one of those like um buff dudes on the internet who doesn't know what he's talking about. Talking about taking naps all the time so that it'll help him grow. Um, obviously, no scientific evidence to prove it. In fact, just getting eight hours of sleep at night seems to be perfectly fine for muscle health. But well, um, I like taking naps and acting like I have a reason for doing it. So I've just been taking <laughs> naps and be like, "Yeah, I'll just I gotta take a growth nap." You know, honestly, I think, <laughs> I, think it, I assume it's based on like you know recovery cycles and maybe even the production of like human growth hormone and testosterone and shit like that. I want to say you have to be asleep for like an hour and a half for that even to, get, to happen. Well, yeah, you have to go into uh, it's, REM cycles, but I mean, well, some people go into REM cycles way earlier than other people, and I think you can kind of train your body to do it earlier. But I don't, I don't fucking know enough about sleep patterns and, or muscle health. But I think I know more than this guy. Well, it's the, the, there's like no exact reason for it. Anyways, it's just if you get enough sleep, you're generally healthier, so your muscles will recover better. And how potentially, if your muscles recover faster, you can grow faster. Um, I'm also not trying to grow too much, anyways, at this point. So um, I don't need to take growth naps. I just love taking naps. <laughs> so, and then the very end of the film, I want to point out uh, the uh, Dark Wolf has already killed um, Necron, but the king doesn't know that. So he still releases the lava, uh, murdering thousands of citizens, right? Because it's just spilling all over the town. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I mean, Dark Dark Wolf, we assume, too, dies, right? We don't actually see him die, but we assume he does. No, because we they see him at the end. Do they? Well, yeah, when they're kids. They yeah, when they're kissing, they see him, like, on the horizon, back on his horse. Oh, well, yeah. what a Batman figure. Oh, yeah, we have no reason to assume he dies. Oh, because the glacier's collapsing? Yeah, just, he doesn't give a fuck. He uses a grappling hook or whatever. <laughs> he's Batman. Yeah, he's Batman. He didn't care. He's like, I don't even care about us. But yeah, the so the king um didn't necessarily need to do that, but I guess it's also like how are you gonna clean up the ice anyways, right? It did seem to be collapsing already when Necron was killed, though. It almost seemed like he was advancing at one point after he died, though. So I don't. Yeah, like freaked out after he died, and then also his mom didn't do anything. She was just like, "No," and I'm sure Dark Wolf killed her too. Well, we see the glacier collapse underneath her with lava hits. I don't know if Dark Wolf, you know. He went over an axe in the way down. No, well, he walked over there and gave made sure she was done. (laughs) Give her a good chopping in the in the dome because he's a real shooter, you know, (laughs) straight shooter. He's getting shots, 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 shots. Um, that's uh, fire and ice. It's not one of Ralph Bakshi's best movies. I do have some problems with kind of how bland the animation is, but uh, as mentioned before, probably every other time we've talked about the sword and sandal shit. This is the fantasy shit I love. Fucking love this shit. Uh, it's also a breezy, like, 90 minutes. Or 80 minutes, I think, actually. 
Yeah, I think it's like 120, an hour 20. Mm-hmm. And it's got um beautiful babes in it, murder, um, buff dark wolf riding a horse, just being Batman. It's got everything you need. And Lauren. It's perfect for Thanksgiving. It's for, so <laughs> it's for the whole yeah, family. Pop this in when you sit down with your, your Thanksgiving meal, you and your, your two relatives. Uh, or if you're by yourself and your frozen turkey dinner. Hey, IHOP's delivering for free on Postmates Thanksgiving dinner for you you, 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 you guys out there that can afford Postmates. I can't afford no stinking IHOP. I'm eating grits. <laughs> I'm eating toaster leavings for <laughs> <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, I'm turning my toaster upside down on a paper plate, and I'm thankful for it. it toaster leavings. That's from every children, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's a deep reference I pull up for the deep recesses of my mind. Your brain unfolded <laughs> in this little wrinkle and little, yeah. little nugget just slipped right on out. I dropped out of college like twice uh, because it was too boring for me, but I remember toaster leavings from uh, Married with Children. I mean, Married with Children is way more exciting <laughs> than college. Even the worst episode. Happy Thanksgiving. This episode will be out right before Thanksgiving, so this is our Thanksgiving episode. Um, it's oh, yeah, Happy Thanksgiving. Nice. Uh, and Merry Christmas season. It is now time to for us to get in the Christmas spirit and to kick us off. Who better to bring in the glory of Christ, our Savior, than Chuck Norris? <laughs> I mean, he would consider himself one of God's warriors. Yes. We're going to watch Invasion USA, which is another one of a canon film classic. I mean, you can just tell by the title. It's going to be great. Well, imagine what would happen if commies invaded on Christmas Day. And the only person who could stop them was Chuck Norris. <laughs> well, I imagine we're screwed then. <laughs> exactly. But I guess we'll find out next week when we watch Invasion USA. Invasion. Anything you'd like to add about Fire and Ice? I, it's, it's certainly a movie. I think we need more butt cheek cartoons. That's what I'm going to say. More <laughs> cartoons with butt cheeks. I, I think you're going to have a hard time getting butt cheek cartoons. I mean, it seems like there's. They don't even do it in Japan anymore. Animation, but not necessarily butt cheek animation. Well, the, the the quote unquote adult animation now is fucking upper middle. It's kind of. It's more like a old teen animation. Older teen animation. No, it's more like fucking dorky upper middle class kids writing cartoons about having dorky upper middle class feelings and problems or whatever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Why would I want to watch an animated show that's about feelings and bullshit and it's not even clever and funny like The Simpsons? If you're not as good as The Simpsons, don't try to be about real shit. Make it about murder and titties and stuff. Dummies. Yeah, Bob's Burgers, you shouldn't exist. Bob's Burgers, I, I do believe, is just as good as some of the seasons of The Simpsons. Yeah, I don't know if it's... it's Maybe, maybe not peak uh, Not Simpsons. peak Simpsons, but like season 10, 11? Oh, yo, well, absolutely season 11. <laughs> season 9, maybe even? You know? Yeah, season... What's, which Armin Tanzarian is season 11 or is it season 10? 10. Ugh. Yeah, it's probably better than season 11. Uh, so, it, Simpsons is uh, 2 through 9. Fucking, those are amazing seasons, right? 10's mostly good. 11's got some really bad episodes, but some pretty good episodes. That's the same thing for like 12. And then like 13, I think, is where it's like consistently like, eh, not so good. Uh, which one is the one that opens with the, which season opens with the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert? Is that 12? 
That might be 12 or, 12 or 13, yeah. The one that, That's to uh, me, it seems like I was really, when I was aware that something something had changed. It's not, it's, what's that one festival that Perry Ellis used to have? Oh, the Lollapalooza one? Yeah, that's what it is. That's what you're thinking of, right? No, I th- I'm thinking of a separate one. Oh. Well, the oh, Lollapalooza episode happens even a season or two before that. Yeah, that one's... Aside from the the start of people just being on Simpsons playing themselves, the story in that one is not too bad. Like Homer just getting hit by a cannon, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I have, The only other time I really liked um, uh, a character playing themselves in The Simpsons was George Harrison. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Goddamn Beatles stand. <laughs> it's great, though. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Where did you get that brownie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have a garden on top of um, Apu's uh, Quickie Mart. That's Paul McCartney. Uh, well, I don't know the difference between the Beatles. God damn you it. damn well do. Not in the Simpsons, apparently. You're more of the Beatles guy. I'm more of the Stooges. You, you grew up listening to the Beatles as much as I did. Yeah, but then I moved on and became a fan of the Stooges because they're talking about having a real cool time, which is sex. Sometimes they're just talking about drugs. <laughs> That's why I love the Stooges. You listen to the Stooges and you're like, this just feels like time to have sex. And drugs. And that's why the Stooges are the best band of all time. If you're in the right mood. The Rolling Stones is never the greatest. You know, I, none of my girlfriends have liked the Stooges, I don't think. It is like a, I really think it's like a kind of a dude, more of a duty band. It is absolutely a dude's rock band, yeah. That's alright, I'm fine with it. I listen to plenty of like, um, uh, feminine, um, like soft boy stuff. Let me have the Stooges. <laughs> I want one dude's rock band, <laughs> and it's the Stooges. All right, uh, that'll do it for VHS Cult. Next week, Invasion USA. We will be on Twitch on Friday, and we'll be watching. I don't know yet. We'll also oh. have a special guest, right? Yeah, if you uh, Quartz suggested, I know what you did last summer. The Sarah Michelle Galar, Ryan Philippe. Ryan Philippe, eh? isn't that that he was in that shit too? And like yeah, someone else, Freddie, Freddie, Prince, Freddie, Freddie Prince, Prince is in it too. Yeah, that's where him and Sarah Michelle Gellar met. And they yeah. go to, to fall in love during. Scooby are Doom. they still married? I think yeah, they, are they are still married. It's a real Hollywood success story. Wow. Yeah, we can watch. I know what you did last summer. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's a little bit out of season, but uh, <laughs> there are no rules at the VHS cult. Uh, so yeah, we'll be on Twitch on Friday to watch. Uh, I know what you did last summer. Uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, VHS underscore KVLT, also VHSCult.com, spelled the same way, KVLT, because um, I'm through Norwegian black metal. Um, yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> Me and uh, Euronymous, the dead guy from uh, Mayhem. Um, then also, you can rate and review on Spotify, iTunes, all them shits. Leave comments, send us emails, follow us on Twitch and Twitter. Do something because um, I'm feeling really great because uh, it turned out everything I believed about the world and society was completely true. But unfortunately, um, that was all really bad stuff. So even though I feel great because I've been completely validated by how inhumane and contemptuous the world is. Uh, the world's inhumane and contemptuous. <laughs> yeah, it still means the world sucks. <laughs> Please help us out. Um, family, <laughs> family starve, family need money. Um, I farm or family die. <laughs> I farm or family die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>